0: Hello, my friends. Hello, colleagues. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode in season two of Becoming Healers. I'm so excited to be spending this next hour or so-ish with you and having good, meaningful conversation about what it means to become healers and tackle our topic for season two, which is Something Must Die. I hope that in the episodes moving forward, I will not be hosting this podcast alone. I'm going to be introducing a few um, different structures to our podcast episode that I hope you'll be willing to engage and participate in so that this can grow to become a platform that's not just about what we hope to see as an advocate of hope in the healthcare sector Um, as the organization that is YoungMD but more and more around what your voices and your concerns and your challenges are. So I'm excited to also share those things with you. And to kick us off, I'm going to introduce you to the very first segment of our podcast, which is going to be a norm moving forward. And that is going to be starting each week with a thank you and well done segment. This is so critically important for us as the IND team is really, really just to foster foster a culture of saying thank you and well done to each other as peers and colleagues. At the start of each episode, I want to start by saying thank you to each and every one of you. I just want to shout out to people who have done exceptionally well and I want you to have the opportunity to do the exact same thing. So if you go through a week and you have a bomb call and a registrar did amazing things for you or an MO did amazing things for you or you have a new intern who just did exceptionally well, come on the podcast and help me shout them out and you can do that simply by sending a voice note to the following number 066-246-3302 and shout out your colleagues want to shout out a department if you want to shout out a senior i want this to be a platform where you guys can celebrate each other as much as we hope to celebrate each and every one of you and so to kick us off because i don't have any shout outs from you this week i want to start by celebrating all of the newbies It has been the first few weeks of starting new jobs for the new graduates, starting new jobs for the new community service doctors, starting new jobs for new registrars. I just want to celebrate each and every one of you well done for navigating new territory, for coming in strong and bold. You are doing so much better than you think. I hope you are encouraged and I hope that your work environments are starting to feel more and more familiar as you readjust into those new environments. So just celebrating you, just shouting out, saying well done and thank you. I also just want to encourage you, season two is going to be all about perspective. Our topic, Something Must Die, is really centered around the tool that we picked up, as I explained in the intro clip, which is glasses. And we want to challenge different perspectives that need to die. And you who is new in an environment, if you started, especially if you moved to a new facility, you have that rare opportunity to notice things because you have not been, um affected or you have not been tainted by the environment and its culture. So I want to encourage you to come into those spaces with those fresh eyes and be ready to add value because you know how to see things differently or you've had experiences and you've seen ways of how things are done and that can add value to your current context, especially commserves who come from academic spaces and have been exposed to how things can be done better in terms of patient delivery and care. I encourage you to bring those fresh eyes on board into your Teams and spend some time just observing the culture of that space. Be humble about your new ideas. Be humble about how you approach seniors for change and make sure you understand the culture of the space and the environment that you're in before you dash ahead and suggest new things. But I want to encourage you don't allow your your ability to notice, to to go to waste. If you see things that can be changed and you believe you've got ideas that can add value, go and find the people who you think would be receptive to those changes and those ideas and go and add value. My next shout out in this segment is to shout out to the seniors. I just want to celebrate you. Here these newbies come and you are the ones responsible for making sure they fit in to the fiber of your organization and how you work in your teams. So well, well done and thank you for supporting them. I also know that things were rough in the first few weeks with people not having paperwork as they usually would because of the challenges that COVID has brought. So thank you for carrying the baton. Thank you for doing the work. Thank you for supporting your teams and for showing up in the ways that you know how I want to encourage you all that the people beneath you are looking for your leadership and often your kindness so don't allow the pressure of the environment to make you mean you can be firm and you can be tough when it's necessary just don't be mean so thank you thank you thank you for what you have done and then I just want to celebrate every single every single one of you if I have not mentioned you, the the big seniors, the HODs, everybody who's in the healthcare team, the nurses, the doctors, the, dietit- the dietitians, everybody who is doing their bit to support COVID nineteen, I know this is taking its toll on all of you. And I really hope that this will also become a space where we can encourage each other. Where we will use this segment to shout out people who are doing amazing things. And also to remember those people who were amazing in your team that you may have lost due to this pandemic. I know that that is happening every day. And that we are praying constantly that it doesn't. But uh, where it does, we also just want this to become a source of encouragement to all of you. So I just want to thank you all, everybody, for what you did in terms of showing up for the country up to this point. We know we have a big, long year ahead of us with multiple challenges facing many of you. But can we just say from young MD, well done and thank you. You are amazing. You are doing so well. And we acknowledge the sacrifice that you are making, not just for this country, but because you chose to be a part of, uh, of a healthcare workforce that definitely, definitely needs your hand in this time. So absolutely well done and thank you. Now, next week, I hope... That it will be you guys who will share in this segment and that you will also be shouting out any members of your teams. If you have any thoughts that you want to voice note, if you want to just applaud somebody in your team, please remember that number. It is 066-246-3302. You are welcome to drop a voice note to me and I will make sure we incorporate your VN in the next Um, episode or episodes to come. So I hope you enjoy the segment and that it's something that you start to look forward to moving forward. But it's so important for us as we navigate what it looks like to become healers, to start defining workplace cultures we want to serve in. And one of the most important ways we can do that is just by acknowledging and appreciating one another by saying well done and saying thank you. So that wraps up this first little segment and helps me to introduce my First guest to season 2 of the Becoming Healers episode my next guest is no stranger to the show, in fact she's no stranger to Young MD at all she is Really, really the fiber of this whole organization. My peer, my partner, my friend, Dr. Randley Lamphal, better known as Dr. Motivation, is an OBGYN registrar at the University of Pretoria and a motivational speaker, a personal development coach, and the founder of the Kingdom Scrubs Movement. She is the chairperson of Young MD Cultivate and is passionate about joy, life, and wellness. But today, I'm talking to her not necessarily as the chairperson of Young MD, but as The one and only Dr. Motivation. If you don't know her already, you will soon find out why you should. And I really hope that this conversation adds perspective to you, your story, and your journey as a clinician. Dr. Motivation, welcome to Season 2 of Becoming Healers. You were with us uh, when we dared to forgive South African healthcare in Season 1. And now we are back working through the tool of perspective with the theme, Something Must Die. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Please greet the people and the masses.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It feels so good to be back. Hi everyone, it's me all over again, we are forgiving the healthcare sector, not too sure about that, <laughs> but we're moving on to bigger and better topics, very excited to have a chat with you today, Dr. Hachet.
0: Thank you so much. Okay, you actually, you actually touched on something I would like to delve into. Last season we did speak about forgiving South African healthcare, what does that look like for you in the context of COVID-19? How has that disrupted that process
1: um, for you? So this is extremely interesting because when we had recorded forgiving South African healthcare, I couldn't understand the topic at all. Mm. I didn't know what it meant to forgive. I didn't know what we're forgiving the healthcare system for. Mm. It was extremely difficult for me to grasp the concept and actually understand what we're going through. But now that we've gone through COVID-19, I completely understand why we're hurt by the system and why we need to forgive the system. So, COVID 19 has exposed a number of gaps, a number of deficiencies in the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And um, it has shown how vulnerable the healthcare system is. And because the healthcare system is vulnerable, it makes the people in the front line vulnerable as well. We don't have, they don't have the armor to give us, so we don't have the armor. So we're going to war um, half bay. <laughs> and because of that, you know, um, I'm in a place where I'm quite upset with the healthcare system. And there's a lot of forgiving that needs to be done, which is not going to happen overnight. Um, the problems are ongoing. <laughs> not at all. So we are trying to fight, but it, it, the system is making it extremely difficult for us. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for your honesty
0: there. And I just want to use that to almost segue into my first question under this new theme, Something Must Die. You really are deeply intentional about, intentional about journeying well through life as a person and not just as a professional. What are some of the narratives that have had to die for you to truly live that perspective out?
1: So. First and foremost, I've dedicated myself as a human being to focusing on the positives and not the negatives about everything in life as a whole. And um, I think Mm. part of that is what led me to not have anything to forgive the healthcare system for, because I've managed to highlight the positives of the healthcare Mm. system. I've managed to leverage everything that they've given me and use that to help me and to help my patients and to get the best possible outcomes. And so I've kind of shied away or I blocked out the negative parts of the system. But unfortunately with the um, immense pressure of COVID-19, it has forced me to look at the negative side as well. And that's why we are where we are. Um, But to answer your question, as a person, I have made some strong decisions And I've laid down strong foundations and I've stuck to those day in and day out. So if I say that I'm going to focus on the positives, that's what I do. And I do so actively. So when you wake up in the morning, you're thankful that you get to go to work. When you get to work, you're thankful that you have a ward to work in, that you have nurses to help you in the ward, etc. So it's all about being extremely intentional about what it is that you're doing and where, where it is that you're stepping into And stepping into that place and reminding yourself of all the things that you have decided to believe as your reality.
0: That is so good and so powerful. I wish I was taking notes and writing this down, but I'm definitely going to go back and do so once this is recorded, because I think you speak about an intentionality that. The challenges in the healthcare system often strip away from people. People people often get, it's easy to become despondent. It's easy just to go with the flow. But I mean, I know you personally, and I've seen how you journeyed, but that intense intentionality, I think is a key takeaway point from what you've said there. Um, and even as as I look at your journey as a registrar and absent that's definitely not an easy discipline. Yet you've taken it upon yourself to publicly celebrate each like rich time cycle that you've complete. And you have a a phrase that you've coined um, for this journey, which I want you to share with the people. Um, And I also want you to unpack a bit how you protect that perspective in in environments where that really isn't always the experience and where that isn't the culture. So you haven't seen registrars operate that way when they journey towards specializing. Like how do you go against the grain in a space you are trying to um lay hold of that you ha- that you haven't even necessarily uh, taken territory territory of completely um please will you tell us that that special phrase that you use i can remind you if you don't remember but then also just oh, unpack- i know it
1: very well i know it very very well you can, <laughs> you can also so just unpack to the, of- the
0: people yeah, yeah yeah
1: so at the end of every rage time cycle so uh rage time is basically four years and it's made up of a four-week block. So every four weeks, you rotate to a new block. So I took it upon myself that at the end of every rotation, I'm going to celebrate myself and let myself know that I'm doing extremely well, and that I'm very proud of the milestone that I have reached. Um, So in the process of, I'll tell them the phrase, it's coming. So in the process (laughs) of rich time, right, it's four years, and then you become a fellow at the college. And a lot of people celebrate at the end, but these people who are walking on stage at the end have lost so much during this journey. rage time is so taxing. It's so grueling. There are people who literally lose families. They lose husbands. They lose wives. They lose children. Um, they lose their sanity. You know, they lose their joy. They lose their passion. They lose their zest for life. There's a lot that goes on in those four years of bridge time. And we've been taught, to only celebrate once you make it to the pinnacle, once you make it to the end. And I found that if you're going to do that in the process, you're going to be losing so much. And you're just Mm -hmm. going to tell yourself that it's not good enough until you get to the finish line. So it's very important for me to know that with every 100 meters, it's well done and thank you. You're doing great, my girl. Every 100 meters, it's well done and thank you. And what that does for me, for my psyche, is that it boosts morale. It reminds me that we're achieving as we go, we're going through. Even if we've fallen in one cycle, we still have the next cycle to look forward to. So it's very, very encouraging to me, and I'm so proud to announce that there's a number of registrars who have joined me on Come this on. journey, which yes. is so, so excellent. You know, it's Ach, a, a positive environment, and we're winning and we're going, and it's great. So at the end of each race time um, cycle, I pop a bottle a non-alcoholic yes. bottle it's so important that it's non-alcoholic yes. <laughs> and i literally say out loud to myself and to the rest of the world that rage time is the best time of our lives yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the bottle pops it's so important too you can literally make your mind believe whatever you want it to believe so for me that's my narrative i'm actually having fun during rage time it's very hard it's very hard, it's hectic, it's tiring, it takes a lot, but I'm genuinely having fun because I truly believe that rich time is the best time of our lives. And that's oh. my narrative and I'm sticking to it. Listen,
0: it's mine, it's the world's now because you have had the courage to share it with us here and it is It blesses me every time. I look forward to your rich time cycles when they finish. I look forward to seeing that status where you pop a bottle and you're like, and rich time is the best time of our lives. It literally (laughs) excites me. And I mean, this is why we are also doing what we do at the Becoming Healers podcast, because there are different narratives to hold on. There will always be options in life. And unfortunately, if we're only looking to systems and environments to define that for us, then we will have the outcome that they've laid before us. I mean, for me personally, I knew very early on in varsity, I don't want the mold of medicine. There's something about the way the, the, the way we become that didn't feel right to me as a human being. And I think you've embodied that so much, even as you journey through rich time to show people that, man, you've worked so hard to become a doctor and you're working so hard to become that specialist. Why should you not enjoy it? So I just, from me personally, well done. And thank you for for introducing the seed of a different narrative into the environment. And I want to encourage anybody who's a listener who is preparing for rich time, who just stepped into rich time, who's still, who's third year five, two that's if SWAT, what exam. You can Mm. still change the narrative so that this becomes a journey you can celebrate. And I love what you said as well about like, there are so many finish lines towards the big finish line. And if we're always hoping to only celebrate that big finish line, we'll never find the joy in every moment. So Mm. that's so huge. You touched on something. I really want you to expand on a bit, which was your psyche. Tell me a little bit about how you're taking care of your mental health as an OBGYN, reg, and then also as, you know, a frontline healthcare worker in this time.
1: Yeah. So let me tell you guys a story, right? So I have a colleague that I work with um, and uh, the one day he decided after work that he was going to go home. So he came, he wasn't feeling well that day, but he came anyway. He saw his patients and um, he was actually requested to help in the clinic But he decided to go home immediately after seeing his patients. And I spoke to him and I was like, oh, my word, are you going home? People are calling your name in the group. You know, they want you to go to clinic. Oh, my word, I can't believe you're going home. And he was like, you know what, Dr. Lample, you need to put yourself first at some point. Mm. That clinic does not need me. That clinic will end at maybe one o'clock if I'm there, half past one or two if I'm not there. They do not need me, they will be okay without me. But right now I need me. I'm writing exams soon and I'm not feeling well. I need to go home and I need to take care of me. Had it been a different situation where there was no one to run clinic, I would have gone to clinic. But I've looked at the situation today and I need me today, they don't need me. And so I'm going home. And I was like, that is so, so, so powerful.
0: Mm. And that
1: is how you take care of your psyche, because one of our mentors in the in the first few episodes, in the first episode actually of Jeez. becoming healers, she had said very clearly that yeah. even if you show up with an empty cup, we will take from your empty cup. Mm. And that is what I learned from this colleague of mine that no matter how you come, we're taking for the fact that you're here, yeah. you're in our presence. Yeah. We are going to take. And he took the liberty to say, not today, not from my empty cup.
0: I'm going home
1: to fill my cup up. And when I'm back, then I can pour into all of you. And that is how you take care of your psyche in rage time. They're always going to want to take. They have to take because the patient numbers never end, especially in Obzangaini. So you need to be responsible for your own psyche, for your own mental health. And so I do personal development like crazy. You know, I read books like crazy. I listen to motivation like crazy. I read the Bible like crazy. So I make sure that when I step up out into the world, I'm quite full indeed. There are days where you are tired and you need to make executive decisions like this friend of mine made. And so it's so important when you are in an environment that's so used to taking That you know when to say, no more taking from me. I'm not pouring anything, not today. And that's that. Sure. And in that process, you also need to know how to fill up your cup quickly and efficiently. Because there's no time. You can't be at the spa every day. With what time (laughs) are you going to be at the spa? There's no time for the spa, darling. You need to find quick and effective and efficient ways to fill up your cup every single day and that's why i love the concept of self-care sundays but it doesn't work for us we're giving too much every day to only self-care on a you have to self-care every day and you need to find quick things that work for you to self-care and that can really be anything for anyone it can be reading it can be spending time with your loved ones it can be exercising it can be singing playing piano. I've recently taken up pole dancing. You have no idea how that revitalizes me. Come on. you can literally be anything, but you need to figure out what it is for you. And by virtue of being a registrar or a doctor, it needs to be something that can be done every day and it can be done quickly. And it can fill up your cup efficiently for you to go on um, the next day and give and come back and pull and go and give and come back and pull. Because if what you're doing is not filling up your cup enough and your psyche is not 100%, they will take, they will take, and they will take, and you will have nothing left. You won't be able to go on.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you took notes. I hope your hearts were shaking. I hope you were evaluating your life and recognizing that you live and work in an environment that is designed to take from you I, I I really have nothing to add to what Randy has said, except that i 'm deeply moved by how clear your boundaries are i think yeah. i mean i 'm thinking right now of an intern who 's just stepping into this environment and is truly looking to seniors to help them decide what workplace culture looks like. I mean, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I obviously transitioned to to try and go and develop the leader in me uh, through corporate healthcare. And I, I searched for a long time to try and understand what are the boundaries that people set here? What's normal work culture? And essentially what you are saying is those environments and those boundaries need to, exist on the backdrop of what is true for you and i think too oftentimes we are dependent on our environments to tell us how we should operate and we do not take the executive decisions use such a powerful phrase uh, to decide what it looks like for us to be for, what it looks like to do it every day that was a mouthful but so many gems and i really hope that people heard you because i certainly certainly did um mm-hmm. i quickly want to Just delve into COVID-19 a bit. I I think you touched on it. When I think of COVID-19, I I wrote this down in my notes. I'm I'm using a Bible reference. For those of you who don't know, there's this story about like the three Hebrew boys um, who go into a fiery furnace and they burn, but like they don't burn. And it almost feels like this is COVID-19 for many clinicians. It's this fire that won't stop burning. Uh, where you guys are burning but you're not really burning Um, and by burning I mean like you're not being consumed by it Uh, and how 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 have you um, in terms of this sort of analogy if I can say it that way what's COVID-19 taken from you in this fiery furnace process um, that you really need back or, or that you haven't been able to keep or protect as well as you hoped
1: Oh, COVID-19, I am tired, guys.
0: Fatigue,
1: Mm. fatigue, I'm exhausted, I'm tired. I don't even know how to describe the fatigue anymore. Because it's so taxing, you know? On top of doing what we need to do as doctors on a daily basis, which was already excessive, we now also have to do covid And because I'm in obstetrics and gynecology, there's no one really who can take care of pregnant patients except for us. So with any other department, if orthopedics has a COVID-positive patient, they can send that patient to internal medicine and say, sort out the lungs, we'll deal with the bone thereafter. But we (laughs) have to take care of our pregnant patients. You know, we have to monitor the baby and the mom. We need to make sure that they're both doing okay. So... On top of being a reg and doing what you need to do, you also need to do the COVID labor ward. And it's just a lot. It's just, it's a lot. You have to go there. You have to down your PPE. Then there's no PPE in your size because you're too tall. And then it's just like, oh. <laughs> COVID-19 God. left me exhausted. I'm exhausted because of the extra mile that you have to do for COVID-19. You know, at the one hospital, we've had to do extra calls. You need to do COVID calls, literally. So on top of doing everything that you're doing, you have to do COVID calls as well. So COVID has taken my time and it has taken Mm. my energy. And I'm just like, oh, guys, I could manage without COVID. Without COVID, we're doing great. Now there's COVID. Now there's time and energy that needs to go into this. Then there's the emotions because these patients are extremely sick and not all of them make it. So time and energy, I think COVID has taken so much of, so, so much of, and it can't be taken back, basically. Yeah, I didn't know. That's so true.
0: It can't be taken back. No, I think you did. And I think... um, I'm, I'm, I also really just intentionally asked that question just so that also this community gets a sense that like, you're not alone. And I think it's something we know, but we, we often don't have the spaces to say that clearly some of you may or may not have family members who clearly understand some of you are far from family members because because of COVID and you're trying to spare them from um, exposure through your job. Um, but I think it's just a safe place and environment to say, you know, I'm exhausted. And also just to say, I'm deeply, deeply sorry. I wish there were things we could do practically to to change that. Um, but apart from actually taking the virus away, and God only knows when that'll leave. Um, I don't know how that changes, but I think you said something that was powerful. I think COVID has almost given us a sense of, like, it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as we thought until COVID came. Um, we've always had something to complain about in this sector. And uh, maybe moving forward, there will always be something to complain about. Uh, but this this experience definitely from hearing you speak about it uh, has, has definitely um, made everybody think of what was before in a, in a different light. And so I want to s- use that to segue into this question. You know, I'm huge on the question that is, what is your hope for South African health care? How has COVID-19 altered your hope for South African health care, if at all?
1: So, um, I think, as I mentioned before, COVID-19 exposed the gaps, you know, it mm. showed us the cracks in the walls. They were there, but COVID, the pressure of COVID-19, yeah. like just, it let everything open, it let everything spill out. And so, wow, my hope for South African healthcare at this point is that we can actually just have an efficient service that can serve our patients. Mm. Like, can we just have an efficient service to serve our patients? Because at Mm. this point, we do not have that. Mm. If I could literally go into, if I could just tell you what's happening on the ground, I don't even think you would believe me. Like I'm quite shook that we're not on the news at this point because the things that are happening on the ground are so shocking and patients' lives are being compromised because of this. And for me, a, a health care, it's a basic human right, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: It's a yeah. basic human right. You should not be losing your life because the healthcare system failed to have a resource, even if that's a human resource. That should not be the case. Oof, Your unborn baby big. should not die that is because the human resource is missing. And those are the problems. That's the magnitude of the problems that we currently have now on the ground. That lives are being lost because the healthcare system is just not prepared to withstand the capacity of the people that it needs to serve. So if we can just have an efficient service to serve our patients, I think we're already on the right track because we're not even there yet. The bare minimum we have not. Yeah, reached. That part. So that is my hope for South African healthcare at this point. Sure. Big size from me. Um,
0: yeah. because I'm obviously constantly thinking about what it looks like to get to get there, you know. And I think you and I obviously have conversations all the time. And early on in COVID last year, we spoke about what it looks like to really win a battle. And I mean, a strong yeah battle strategy is having a front line and a back line. And I think um, you, you guys are doing all you can in that front line, but we need a stronger back line. And I think sometimes that also Just looks like having clinicians who can speak into policy and structure in ways that absolutely. make a difference on the ground. Mm. You know, our, our 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 clarion call to clinicians in Becoming Healer seasons 2 is that we are aiming and working towards becoming healers those are clinicians who are clinically sound operationally excellent and we have the power to make an impact at the bedside and beyond and and I think it's so important for us as clinicians to be aware that we are called to do like more than medicine and that's also lead and unfortunately our degree doesn't equip us to lead Um, but these are the opportunities these are the experiences at least that show us how important it is to develop those skills those softer skills those tools like perspective to help us navigate this well. And just thank you for all that you've done in the midst of, of what it is right now. Um, and I really hope that um, as we pray and as the, as people work towards it, that we really can strengthen that backline because I think there's only so much you guys can do in the front. You need a stronger backline.
1: Yeah. yeah. You've said something so important there, girl child, you know that the people on the ground need to be part of the policy makers and I think one of the biggest problems we have, especially with COVID-19 is that the people on the ground, we used to being in fire, you know, we mm. used to that. And we make it work. We still produce. Yeah. And so the people who are not on the ground, the policymakers are just seeing the numbers and they seeing that, oh, we're still producing. Oh, we're still cutting scissors. There are still oh, babies. Gosh. Oh, look, people aren't dying, but the people on the ground are dying. And the problem is that we're so used to just make a plan. There's no tube, but we'll make a plan. There's no Jalco, but we'll make a plan. We make plans. That's what we do on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. And so, because we keep doing that, the people at the top can't see the problems on the ground until the whole system collapses and it's going to be too late at that time. So we definitely need people on the ground who are going to be our voices. Mm. And in the higher places who are gonna be the policy makers who will be able to advocate for us. So that we need to we can stop making a plan and plans can actually be made for us. Um, and so I think deal. that was very powerful what she said.
0: I, I think it's so good. And I think more and more Young MD is also trying to establish itself as that type of organization where we really um like turn the tipping point of what advocacy really looks like um it really like it can't look like what it looks like hierarchy is extremely important in our environment because i mean the the more specialized you are the more you know and the more value you can add even in those policy making structures but um one of the most powerful things i've experienced in corporate is how how invited you are at tables even if you are quite junior for lack of a better term because they believe in legacy building and I think that's something our our hierarchical structure almost (laughs) is is you should really drag that ridge along to that governmental meeting you're having because one day they're going to be the person on the MAC committee and they need exposure to be able to do that well and to know what is needed. So also just maybe some encouragement to our leadership to say, what does it look like to invite us to these conversations early on so we can participate and add value because we've got the strength, the energy, maybe, and and the and the and the conviction to do so. So that's a really good point as well. Hope, hope it lands on ears that that can hear it. Um, and I just wanna towards the close ask you a final question, which is maybe some encouragement to your fellow colleagues who are listening, you know, what perspectives would you like your fellow colleagues to allow to die in 2021 so that you can make it on the other side, feeling like this is not another year
1: of loss? Um, I think the most important thing that needs to die is the concept that you need to do things the way that things have been done.
0: Come on,
1: The way that things have been done might not be the correct way it might. And it's definitely actually not the only way. It's definitely not the only way and it might not be the correct way. So the way that the healthcare system has been set up in the past is not the way to go. Mm -hmm. And when I step into the workplace, I always step in with my own perspective, my own ideas, my own identity. And I roll with that every single day. And I found that people are actually latching onto those ideas and they're latching onto those um, principles. The same with the kingdom scrubs, you know, things like that where we walked into the space and we didn't find it, but Mm. now it's a thing, Mm. you know, and it's a thing that's encouraging us. It's keeping us going. The way that things were done in the past is not the way that things need to be done. Let those ideas die come as you are, come with your fresh ideas, with your new ideas, come with whatever principles you believe in and implement those day in and day out. And you just keep on going and keep on rolling with it until you get to the end of your journey. That's the advice that I want to give the people who are coming in.
0: Thank you so much. You are such a light. Thank you for shining your light. We absolutely need it in this world. May God grace you and give you courage to continue. Um, and I hope that those of you who have only met Dr. Lamfell through this podcast will go and follow her on the social media pages so you can get more of this. Tell the people where they can find you, Dr. Lample.
1: Um, They can find me on Instagram at randy Lamfell also Dr. Motivation on Instagram, also on Facebook, Dr. Motivation, live free with, with um, Dr. Randy Lamphill. Otherwise, you can drop me an email. I am open to chatting to you guys by emails with whatever queries you might have. It's randylamphill at yahoo.com. That's R-A-N-D-Y-L-A-M-F-E-L at yahoo.com. I look forward to connecting with all of you.
0: Amen. Thank you so, so much for your time, for your energy and for your commitment to evolving and being the best version of yourself. I appreciate and I'm thankful that so many people are going to get to hear what it looks like to do things differently. And I, and I hope that everybody's encouraged to try that because I can tell you from observation and then also from walking with her as, as a partner in this journey of Young MD and friend, it works. So take the time, do some personal development, um, go and reevaluate your story, your journey. And how you want to show up in the healthcare system, we definitely need the truth of who you are, not what you think the environment expects of you. Dr. Lampard, thank you so, so much for your time. We appreciate you. Thank you for adding value. Thank you for shining light.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Khatla. It's always, always a pleasure. Let's keep on going on this journey. I think Young MB is definitely an answer that the healthcare system needs. Thank you so
0: much for this. Well, wasn't that absolutely insightful? Dr. Lamfell is such a dynamic leader and clinician, but more importantly, she is so clear about the perspectives she holds that help her stand in the position to be the change she wants to see in the sector. I want to reflect on three things that she highlighted in conversation that I think both you and I need to go back and reflect on. The first thing she spoke about was that she is an individual who has made strong decisions and laid strong foundations to enable her to stand in the narratives she believes in. That is extremely powerful. I think many of us often depend on the people around us, particularly our leaders and our seniors, to help us to find what is the right way to show up. But Dr. Lamphill highlighted that it is the result of her intentional introspection and understanding how she wants to show up in the space that has contributed to the narrative she's able to execute on a day-to-day basis. I found that really, really insightful. The second thing she reminded us of was how important it is to take care of yourself, of your mind, of your well-being, and how important it is to be that clinician who's willing to make the executive decision on behalf of you remain well that is so good and it is so hard I know I'm personally challenged to try and understand what it looks like to build the personal and interpersonal boundaries that will empower me to show up in spaces and give a no when I need to and a yes because I can and I think many of us need to consider what it looks like to be the leaders who will facilitate those types of environments and to be the people will speak out so that other people can have the opportunity to live in the truth of a no when we need to say no and a yes when we can say yes. Definitely, definitely, definitely a hard pull to swallow and a difficult narrative to try and wrap our heads around. But as she has shared, definitely a possibility. The last thing that Dr. Lamphill said that I really, really want to hone in on, and if you did have a chance to listen to the intro clip, you'll know that I did allude to this change is welcome. I'm so inspired by how intentional she remains to not just be cognizant of the, of the fact that change is possible, but that she is most likely change walking in a hospital on two legs and making sure she executes that in the ways she knows how. I'm so encouraged to know that people have been exposed to a clinician like that, but more and more I'm asking myself what it looks like to make sure we become the very clinicians we want to see and be exposed to. Change is welcome. So I particularly want to speak to the people who are are standing in new spaces this year, the new registrars, the new commserves, and even the new interns who are trying to find their way around things. This is across the clinician cascade, so not just doctors. What does it look like for you to embody the change and to show up in the space with the value you can add? We welcome the change. We welcome the value you add. That does not mean you will not find resistance. But what is going to be your posture when you are resisted is equally as important as how valuable you think the change you have to impact will do for the people around you. So I want you to think deeply on that on not just the posture of change but what it looks like to remain in a mindset and a narrative that chooses change even when that change is easily resisted. That's really, really important. I'm absolutely moved by how this conversation went and I know that you also will have a lot to reflect on. Now For the first time, I'm going to be introducing a tradition that is new to the podcast. So you know that I want you to join me at the beginning of each podcast by celebrating each other. And you're going to do that by texting me or voice noting me on the number 066-246-3302. But at the end of every podcast, I'm so excited to start a tradition that is embedded on a value I live by daily, and that is living a life of prayer. We are seeing so many requests from clinicians all the time saying, pray for me, think of me, and what better opportunity and platform to do the very thing I believe can change things and change lives right here while you are listening, wherever you are. So I'm going to close each Becoming Healers podcast for this season with a prayer. So whoever you believe in, whatever you believe, I hope that this prayer changes you because I believe that prayer has that type of power. So, For the first time, I get to kick off this tradition of praying, and I'm so excited to do that with you and for you. Great God that you are, I come before you, and I thank you so much that today we can reflect on your goodness, even in the midst of a global pandemic, even in the midst of trying times. I bring to you my dear listeners and clinicians who are in turmoil in ways that only you can understand. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be the one to strengthen each and every one of them. Grace them for this journey and this call you've placed on their lives. And most importantly, help them see it in the light of truth. In the midst of pressure, in the midst of pain, in the midst of loss, you remain able to save and to heal. So be that for each and every one of them. I ask that you bless each and every one of them with the promise of Psalm 9110. Be the one who ensures that no harm befalls on their tent. And for those who are dealing with loss that has fallen on their tents, be the healer that I know you to be. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, clinicians, and thank you, my peers. I love you, and I mean that thing. Have yourself an amazing week.